Hey, stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. This week, I've got a real treat for me uh, and for you, but uh, especially for me, my guest is the fantastic musician, vocalist, and electronic composer Tamaguchi, who spoke to me about his spark, Brandy's incredible stone-cold classic album, Aphrodisiac. Listen, that is one of my favorite albums ever. I love Brandy, and this is the best album of her career, and I was so, so excited to be able to talk about it on this show. Uh, I hope my enthusiasm is infectious, because I had so much fun in this conversation, so why don't you just listen to it, okay? Uh, But first, quick Tamaguchi facts. Tamaguchi is a New York City-based musician, vocalist, and electronic composer who forges his own sound that uniquely reimagines the intersection of pop and R&B. Using his expansive vocal range and innovative spirit, Tamaguchi's music allows us to enjoy the world through a lens that curiously explores longing and romance in the digital age. Blending jungle and Miami bass, his music bridges the gap between his Jamaican identity and fascination with 90s breakbeat music. He has released a new version of his EP Almost Blue, the After Hours Deluxe version, and it is out right now. Quick aphrodisiac facts. Aphrodisiac is the fourth studio album by American singer Brandy, released in 2004. This album marked a departure from her previous work with Brandy collaborating with producer Timbaland and songwriter Candice Nelson on the majority of the album's composition. 
Upon release, Aphrodisiac was critically acclaimed for its mature lyrics, Brandy's vocalizing, and its overall experimental sound. The album debuted at number three on the US Billboard 200, and its performance was considered a disappointment relative to Brandy's previous albums. Since its release, Aphrodisiac has been retrospectively called a predecessor to alternative R&B, having been cited as an influence by artists such as Rihanna and Solange. And there you have it. Without further ado, let's dive into our feature presentation. Here comes my chat with Tamaguchi about Aphrodisiac. So, first of all, before I actually get into the meat and potatoes here, I just need to say, when guests of this show bring works of art to talk about that I have no connection to, it's fine, I can always like... This fucking album, I like, I cannot, I cannot get enough of this. It's like one of my favorite albums of all time. So thank you very much to start with for uh, (laughs) allowing me an opportunity to to chat about it. But um, back to you. (laughs) Um, So uh, I always start these um, conversations just uh, asking about your kind of origin story with with the the piece of, of work. So do you remember hearing this album for the first time, getting turned on to it, that kind of stuff? Um, I definitely do. So when I first heard the album, my, well, growing up, my brother um, has always been like the biggest Brandy fan. So I definitely heard it from him. But I remember being obsessed with the album, like, my room was next to his and I will always hear it playing over and over and over again. So then I feel like that was like the first voice that I kind of fell in love with before I even started making music. And I didn't even realize that it was that big of an inspiration until like I really thought about it. I was like, wait, this was like the first artist, an album that I really connected with. So that's when I remember hearing it. I was probably like, what, maybe like, nine eight years old yeah yeah i like i think the the power of the older sibling um having (laughs) having somebody to kind of uh turn you on to stuff is always really good but definitely that voice she is one of those singers who um you know uh, they're they're very they're different they're different styles but uh it's it's i got the same feeling from her as i did from from whitney watching them sing it's like totally effortless it just comes out of them and it's not even like i'm concentrating i'm trying to you know get these notes right it's like this is a joy i'm just giving you what's in me yeah yeah and it it makes sense that you said that because um i feel like i i don't know if she was actually her godmother (laughs) but in the cinderella movie like i know whitney casted um Brandy like she specifically wanted Brandy for that movie and Whitney actually loved Brandy so it's funny that you say that because like it's like they saw it in each other as well Mm. so yeah 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 that like really strong connection and I can like I can remember seeing a clip of Brandy performing um an older song something like uh almost doesn't count which is from my god yes and it was on like uh, some late night show and she's just like sitting on a stool. And again, it's just like, here it comes. Like, right. Nothing. So like easy. Mm-hmm. It just like 
it just flows and she uses her voice as like an instrument in a way like her runs in the way that she like layers her harmonies in her tracks as well like it's just like so amazing that's yeah. I think that's why I really love it so much because I wouldn't say like if you compare the voices like Brandy and Whitney voice together um effortlessly like they are the same in that way but Whitney's voice is like more of a powerhouse mm -hmm. as far as like belting and like going from here to here but Brandy's more smooth but it's still just as impactful mm -hmm. which I love um yeah I absolutely love that yeah were you a fan of her uh other music before you got turned on to aphrodisiac or um were was that kind of the entry point um literally all of it um i remember watching the moesha show because mm -hmm. she had like i was obsessed with that as well especially the theme song um i loved that show but i remember hearing um sitting up in my room as well yeah and honestly i didn't know the order of things like when it came out because my brother like aphrodisiac i don't know if you know the game mancala no it's like okay so it's like you've probably seen it before but it's it closes and it's wooden and it's like marbles in mm. each of the holes and then essentially how the game works is you have to get all of the marbles on your side into your bin if that makes sense but anyways he um he decorated it with the aphrodisiac like the photo book that came in the album he like cut it up and then put it on the mancala board mm. and then that was when i kind of really got into the album but he was also playing like all of her work at the time that was out so i didn't really know the order of things i just happened to like fall in love with aphrodisiac first but i love sitting up in my room um by brandy um, I believe that's on her first album. Mm -hmm. And um, I Want to Be Down as well is like another favorite. But those are like my two favorites from um, her first album for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think the the big difference with Aphrodisiac is that it's like everything that had come before that, it felt like a kind of like all really great music and I, I loved her, like, you know, Full Moon, the album before this, there was tons of great stuff on it. Yeah. But it all felt like there was a progression there. She was growing up, but it was all kind of restrained that she had this image. She was this, like, you know, good girl, like, mm -hmm. you know, she's Moesha. She's this, like, you yeah, know, exactly. like sitcom <laughs> friendly, um, you know, uh, and she started out as a, a teenager too. So, you know, the, yeah. that element coming into it and it felt like, you know, maybe it was working with Timbaland and, you know, Kanye and people like that, that kind of uh, broadened her musical horizons or something. But I know it was like a conscious effort on her part to really kind of take, take a turn in a different direction, which I, I loved. Yeah. She, um, she started when she was, 15 i believe her first album came out when she was 15 years old so and that was already so mature of her mm -hmm. but um like speaking of like her growth up until like aphrodisiac you can kind of tell that um it's kind of like you know like when you're when you when you meet a kid that's like a mature like kid for their age it's like they're mature but they're not it's still not thoughts of their own you know, like they're still emulating what they see around them. And I believe up until she got like up until aphrodisiac, she really was like, it was her like 
portraying her sound and like her lyricisms and everything the way that she wanted to it definitely felt like she like fell into who she wanted to be mm-hmm. like i don't know i got that vibe from it because it's a it's a song i think the song is aphrodisiac like it's called aphrodisiac from aphrodisiac and just the way that she uses the word ha 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 you would think that that would be something that she was seeing when she's 15 years old (laughs) but it's not it's like when she was 15 years old she was talking about way more deeper stuff but in this one i feel like she really just stopped focusing so much on trying to make something impactful and then she knew that she was impactful she just kind of did it Mm -hmm. yeah and having worked a lot with um you know having worked with rodney jerkins and and people like that for a long time and Mm -hmm. Um, another thing that she said is she had kind of developed a sound with him and then it had been successful. So he took that sound and gave it to a bunch of other people and she was really pissed yep. off. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, we, we either have this relationship and this is our thing and you do other things for other people or we're done. Um, right. And then I think the father of her kid is Rodney Jerkins' cousin. So yes, they yes. like they broke sure. up and it's just all of this, you know, the complication of like working with family members of this guy who you just broke up with and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that that came into it too, but then feeling like she just wanted a fresh start and she wanted to do something completely different. And at that time, you know, Timbaland was like one of the hottest producers on the planet and was you know, like had hit after hit after hit. So yep it was so exciting to to have the two of them working together and the result was just uh, like absolutely amazing. Amazing. I wonder if that was when she like really, really, really knew. And I feel like it, it is when she really knew, but I feel like that's when she really knew that her voice was kind of like an instrument in that sense, because it's just like the way that she started, I feel like as her albums progressed up until that point, the way that she started to layer her, vocals and harmonies and really like hit it on the nail every single time with that I wonder if that played a part in it because you know obviously working with new people that can you can be a little insecure because you don't feel as comfortable and it's not really as safe and I know for me as an artist like when I'm making music I like to do a lot of it by myself even like recording my own vocals by myself just because it's like I know what to expect you know and I'm not uncomfortable in any way um so I wonder if when she made this new music with Timberland like her being uncomfortable but still also making great music I wonder if that was like an eye-opening moment for her which I'm sure it was but mm-hmm. I would love for her to be like I would love to hear what she thinks of that yeah it's also like the difference in you know Tim Timberland pr- produced the bulk of the album but the difference between the stuff he did and like the stuff that Kanye did at the time. I don't, I don't know if I made this up. <laughs> I think this is the case. <laughs> I know that the stuff that Kanye put on the album was like all kind of late additions. It was right at the end of the production. And there was something about like Kanye was coming up and somebody who worked for the label, like wanted to push his stuff more than Timbaland's stuff. And there was something that was like, you know, the first single was talk about our love, which I don't mind that song, but it's very different 
to what yeah. to everything else that's on the album. So it was like a weird first single when it's not very representative. And I think there was like a little bit of tension between Brandy and Timbaland for that because she's like, uh, or he's like, excuse me, we just worked on this whole album together and this other song is being thrown in at the last second. Right. Um, and that song was everywhere. Mm-hmm. That song literally was everywhere. I remember coming home from um, school and at the time, I believe, B, I'm pretty sure BT, um, like 106 in Park was still on air. Mm. And I remember it being like watching the music video, like on TV with all the people in the house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then it's funny you say that because I never actually thought about it, but it is like completely different from like all the other stuff on the album. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like Timberland, if I was Timberland, I would be kind of like, why is this being the first single? But I guess that's how labels work, especially at that time too, when artists didn't have that much of a say especially being a woman yeah. in the industry too i could imagine how like tough that was yeah but like i think unfortunately it whether you know if that was the plan it backfired because yeah amazingly to me i think this is her best album and it didn't do well at all yeah um, it didn't so yeah i don't know if th- that piece of the strategy was part of it that it's like people didn't really know what they were getting themselves into and then they listened to the album and it was something completely different to that single but um that still annoys me on her behalf i feel like it definitely backfired because me thinking like i feel like this was their strategy and it was probably like we're going to because at the time Kanye was like not only a producer but he also was like one of the hottest rappers Mm -hmm. so he has a it's a feature on the song and he did production on the song. So we're going to push this one. And they didn't really think about how it didn't resonate with the rest of the album so much. Like it didn't, it, it is not like ABC, you know, like it doesn't, it fits on the album, but it's not like the other tracks. And I feel like they didn't think about what will be next that people will be able to digest coming from that single. And then when it, all came out it just kind of was overlooked because that was like everywhere and kind of like forced down our throat and then yeah I don't think I've seen I don't think at the time I was hearing anything else from the album until like I was hearing my brother play it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like outside of outside of my house like I was only hearing that um track on the radio on tv like that was all I was hearing Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's funny, like, I, I listened to the album just uh, earlier today, and listening to the placement of Talk About Our Love in in amongst all those other songs, it's like, Who Is She To You is right before that, and that's like, oh, like one of my favorites <sighs> ever. So Same. good, so, so Same. good. And then I Tried is right after it, so Talk About Our Love is like, is what it is, and it's kind of, feels a bit separate, and then... I tried when it starts is like just this completely different sound really <laughs> heavy and just kind of takes you back into it. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll let whatever beef there was between <laughs> yes. you know, Brandy and Timbaland or uh, Timbaland and Kanye be Kanye, part of the past. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, these songs um, it's like what you were saying about like, uh, you know, the, the ha-has at the beginning of uh, Aphrodisiac, the song that I think one of the best things that Timbaland does with lots of different artists is, and and with his production is using vocal sounds to like form beats and to even, you know, to create different parts of the song. And this album, I think um, that effect was used in, in one of the best ways he ever did it definitely he like that's definitely like a skill of his like he takes vocals and, and a, a lot of producers like they work the opposite way where they make the beat first and it's kind of like the beat is like the forefront of the song and the soul of the song from a producer's perspective um but with Timberland, i feel like the vocals is like the forefront before he does anything else. I don't know if you've ever seen that video of Timberland and he's like, I don't know where the video is from, but I remember watching it and he's like producing and he shows how he uses like the baby crying. Mm-hmm. He like flips it and to make it into a sample. It's like the perfect example of him like taking a vocal and then making it the forefront of the beat, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't do. And I think that's why they were such a good like duo because Brandy's voice is like so amazing and like you could do so much with it. So, yeah. Yeah. But like, like songs like, um, Sididi where it's so, there's so much and so little going on at the same time that it's really just like a beat and a, a little guitar part or something that's happening, <laughs> yes. but it's, you know, the beat is coming from, uh, Timbaland's voice and, mm-hmm it's you know it's a, it's a single moment on this album but it it is just this opportunity to kind of allow brandy's voice to be the focus and even though there it, the uh instrumentation is pretty uh sparse it feels so full and rich and yeah um, yeah it's it's just an amazing amazing collaboration yeah 
it's like I feel like the perfect word to describe it is like sexy like it's mm-hmm. just so like it's like jazzy but also kind of like hip-hop at the same time but like also romantic but also kind of eerie in that way and like it's just like so perfect I can't like who shitty you like to jump back to that mm-hmm. like that song specifically um, I don't know if you ever heard it but there's acapellas of a lot of brandy vocals mm-hmm. i don't know if they're official acapellas but you know now there's softwares where you can like take the beat out and you you can still hear a little bit of it but and i listen to it sometimes like just the acapella and like sometimes like i've been bored enough where i would take the acapellas from who she to you and then i would just like put it over like um choir strings mm-hmm. but like really eerie choir strings and it works so perfectly and it it makes it so like twisted and haunting, but also beautiful. So I don't know. It's just the way that she uses her vocals specifically on that album. I think she really just fell into herself. And then Timberland allowed her to do that because he needed her vocals to be the forefront, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. Yeah. And that's why it makes me so sad. It's like, I think because this album didn't do very well, it made her feel it made her or her record label or whoever was, you know, a part of making the decisions feel scared. I was just reading an article about this where they were talking about how this album doing poorly kind of made her retreat from experimenting. And for yeah. her next album, she went back to Rodney Jerkins and it again didn't do very well. And it was like she was like, oh, this thing didn't work. I'm just going to go back to what I know. And people had kind of moved on from that sound. Um, right. And I don't know that she's ever really found the right rhythm again. Like she's, there's been a few songs here and there that have been okay. But um, yeah, the, this to me, it was kind of the peak of everything. And it feels like she could have, it should have just been the start of all of these amazing things yeah. that she was going to do. Um. So yeah, it makes me a little sad. Yeah, because like, just like speaking from like my point of view with like music labels and like how it all works like I could imagine at that time like at the time okay so like I said like now I feel like artists have more of a say so but also they're more just generally labels are more nicer Mm. (laughs) they're not looking at you so much as like something that they own is more so like you're a human now. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of that is because they're scared of one, getting called out and canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, um, it's just like people, more artists are open to having that conversation. Like there's been so many artists from that era, a time that's been like, oh, I signed a terrible contract deal and this is what happened to me and I was screwed over in X, Y, and Z. So I could imagine at that time when the album didn't do well, that she did freak out and then went back to him, like her, the producer that she worked with before. What's his name? I'm sorry, I just blanked. Uh, Rodney Jerkins. Rodney, yes, mm-hmm. Rodney. And then when she went back to Rodney, since he's been working with so many other people and her sound kind of popped in that way, mm-hmm. like everyone was kind of taking their little inspirations from that. When she went back to it, it already was everybody else's thing. And then I could imagine what that was like for her to like have a meeting to be like, okay, this is what I want to do going forward. And then being like, well, 
you try to be as experimental because like even now like there's artists that I absolutely love and adore and when people ask me today to this day when they ask me how would I describe my music or categorize it I would now I feel like it's easier for me to say pop but before I was saying like experimental R&B and that's literally Brandy like Mm -hmm. that's I feel like she is the creator of that and if you listen back to her music no other R&B singers was using that many sounds and like noises Mm -hmm. in their music and so it just really sucks to know that they kind of lost faith in that and then they kind of like steered her from wanting to be more experimental because I feel like that would have given us another aphrodisiac but even better um she just didn't have the support that she needed and then if you're going to people who basically who you work for which is a label essentially and they're telling you that they don't believe in the project and they're probably the ones funding it at the time like I just I could imagine how like (laughs) devastating that was but I don't think they realized how much music could have been especially R&B could have been pushed even more for if we had another like aphrodisiac experimental album to kind of have as our own mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah <laughs> and i mean i you know it is on on the positive side it is this hugely influential and inspirational thing that you know people like solange when she mm-hmm. made a seat at the table was talking about the influence of this album Rihanna throughout her career and, you know, talking about somebody who's not afraid to experiment with things and, and really push herself. Yeah. Yeah. And Beyonce too, that, you know, the progression of her career from someone who was very tightly controlled again, like had to be project this good girl image, like listening to Renaissance and imagining Beyonce and Destiny's Child, like even swearing, much less talking really explicitly about sex. It's like you can't, none of that would have happened. Um, And I think, you know, Brandy created this album that was kind of a bridge towards um, other artists feeling freer to uh, open, open up their, you know, not just stick in one lane. Yeah. And then it also like talks about like, sex and love and all of that and not a so vulgar kind of way like Mm -hmm. I feel like that bridge which we are very grateful for like I feel like it definitely bridged a lot of things and now it's very vulgar you know like (laughs) and, and explicit and direct um which we can appreciate as well but I think one of the best parts about Brandy and the way that she did it was that it wasn't so vulgar, you know, like you kind of had to decode it in a way. Um, and it was still kind of like romantic, mm-hmm. even if she was talking about something that was fairly raunchy. Right. Um, it was still like beautiful. It didn't seem like anything else. It was just all beautiful. Yeah. And also a lot of the songs on this album talk about uh, relationships in a way that is about there, there are songs that are sexy and songs that are kind of love songs, but the songs that really stand out to me are songs that are like about jealousy or about Mm -hmm. having just broken up with someone and being really upset about what they've done to you or whatever. Um, 
and again who is she to you i tried those kinds of songs where it's this like gut-wrenching stuff and the way she sings about it is almost conversational it's like you can hear her talking to her partner or her friend or whoever she's talking about this stuff to um and yeah it's amazing yeah she paints the pictures i think that's also another reason why her music videos were all so like good (laughs) is Mm -hmm. because it was it was it must have been so easy to portray it on film just because you can already you're already picturing it just by how she is singing about it and the way that she used the lyrics yeah genius yeah yeah i love brandy <laughs> like oh, like yeah. now that we've gone over the timeline of events i'm like i really hope that she's just like really happy right now because she mm. it's been like a, a wild journey for her but she's inspired so many people like so many artists and peers that's why i'm like Ugh. yeah well i think that is a a lovely note uh on which to finish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just showing showing yes. brandy some love um yes brandy we love you <laughs> yes. yeah. well thank you so much for uh giving me a, a chance to talk about this and um this has been really really fun of course thank you so much for having me yeah all right take care bye bye-bye That was so much fun. Thanks again to Tamaguchi for hanging out with me and giving me a chance to talk about music I love so much. His EP, Almost Blue, the After Hours Deluxe Edition, is out now. Okay, so obviously a little spark from me is Aphrodisiac this week because, you know, it's one of my faves. Listen to it right now and keep it on repeat so we can make it number one and give it the respect it deserves, okay? All right. Um, Another little spark of the week is Los Espookies. I know I have talked about it on this show before, but it went away for a long time because of the pandemic and it's back. It's on HBO. It is so fucking funny. It's amazing. Julio Torres is so hilarious. Fred Armisen is in it. Uh, It's just weird and crazy. It's like four friends who have a business... uh, scaring people and doing spooky stuff it's great and it's perfect for halloween so watch it and that is about it from me this week uh follow me on social media for a real good time it's at spark parade everywhere just to make it easy for you other than that have a lovely week happy halloween hope no one scares you too badly and until next time bye When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.